0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Live Through Jesus with Courtney Gilmore. On this episode, God is holy and we are his servants. Respect, diligence, and obedience. Numbers 7 and Leviticus 10. Now, just as a quick side note, I'll be reading all the scripture references for you, so you're free to just sit back, listen, and absorb. Or you can grab your Bible and read along. Most of the time, I'll be reading from the New King James Version, but if I switch, I'll let you know. There's generally a blog post for each one of these lessons on my website, livethroughjesus.com, and all of the past studies are done in writing and available to purchase there for under $5. Since I'm writing as I go along, the current study may not be there quite yet, but it definitely will be available to purchase once all of the episodes for it are complete. I'll try to let you know, but you can also just check the website periodically, maybe each week when a new blog post comes out. If you'd like for me to email you whenever a new blog post or a new study comes out, then email me at Courtney at LiveThroughJesus.com and I'll put you on the email list. Okay, so now that all that's out of the way, let's get started on this week's lesson. For the last few weeks, we've been talking about the consecration of the priests for their service in the tabernacle. And if you happen to miss those episodes, you might want to go back and listen to them. It was about the last three. We talked about the sacrifices and how each detail pointed to Jesus. This week, I want to fill you in on the donations that were given for the service of the temple and then talk about an incident that happened with the priests after their consecration. And then we'll just end by talking about how important their job was as servants to the Lord and what lessons we can learn from the priests about serving the Lord. So in number seven, it says that, On the day that the tabernacle was donated to the Lord, each tribe of Israel donated an ox to the service of the tabernacle. And then together, the 12 tribes of Israel gave six wagons. And so there were six wagons being pulled by two oxen each given to the Levites for service in the tabernacle. And then each day, one of the tribes gave a silver plate and a silver basin that was full of the flour that was mixed with the oil, ready for a grain offering, and then a golden dish that had incense in it. The plate weighed three and a fourth pounds, and the basin was one and three fourths pounds, and then the golden dish was only a fourth of a pound. So each one of them donated these things. In addition, they donated three bulls, six rams, six male lambs, and six male goats, all for sacrifice. They used one of the bulls for a burn offering and one of the rams and one of the lambs. And then a goat was given as a sin offering and the rest of them were donated as peace offerings. The first day, the leader from the tribe of Judah brought these offerings. The next day, the offerings were given from the tribe of Issachar. The third day, Zebulun. The fourth day, Reuben. The fifth day, Simeon. The sixth day, Gad. The seventh day, Ephraim. That completed the week of consecration for the priests. But that still left several of the tribes still to donate. And so they continued to donate even after the consecration week, each day until all the tribes of Israel had donated to the tabernacle. So on the eighth day, the donations came from the tribe of Manasseh. On the ninth, Benjamin. On the tenth, Dan. On the eleventh, Asher. And on the last day, Naphtali brought his offerings. And so the silver that they donated during these 12 days equaled to 60 pounds. And they donated three pounds of gold. The animals totaled to 36 bulls and 72 rams, 72 lambs, and 72 goats. So the people had already donated to the making of the tabernacle, and now they're donating to the service of the tabernacle. So this happened during the first 12 days. Now, we've already gone over Leviticus 8 and 9, and the very next chapter is chapter 10, and that's where our focus is going to be today. And we're not sure how much time elapsed between chapter 9 and chapter 10. Chapter 9 happened on the eighth day after the building of the tabernacle. So we don't know if this incident happened immediately after or if it was a while. But I want to read that to you now. I'm just going to read the first three verses of chapter 10. And we'll talk about those before we move on. So it says, Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it. Put Incense on it and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from before the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, This is what the Lord spoke, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. So soon after they were tasked with the job of priests. Nadab and Abihu disobeyed the rules that God had given them for their job in some way. Scholars differ on exactly what they did wrong. We do know that the incense that was to be burned inside the sanctuary required a specific formula. And so this word profane means foreign or strange, different. And so maybe they offered a different formula for this incense than what they were supposed to Although it doesn't say that the incense was strange, it says the fire was strange. So maybe the fire that they lit of the incense was strange, or maybe they just did it in an unauthorized place, a different place, a wrong time. Maybe it wasn't their job. We're not really sure what it was. What we do know is that it went directly against the commands that God had just given them. God had tasked them with a job and he gave them detailed instructions as to how to perform this job. And whatever it is that these two priests did was against that, what God had told them. And because of that, fire came out from the Lord and immediately consumed them. After their death, Moses told Aaron that God wanted those that approached him to treat him as holy and that he would be honored in front of the people. And so this explanation seems to indicate that It was less about Nadab and Abihu's actions and more about their attitude. Whatever it is that they did seems to have treated God with some sort of disrespect, some type of flippant attitude, irreverence to a holy God. Because God is specifically telling them, you need to treat me holy and show the other people how to honor me. They were the people's leaders and they were ministering before the Lord. And so they had to treat him with honor and teach the congregation to do the same thing. And so the implication is that whatever it is that Nadab and Abihu did, it was careless and flippant and in disregard for God's rules and treated him with disrespect and dishonor. And so when Moses told Aaron what God said about what his sons had done, it says that Aaron held his peace. He listened to what God said and didn't argue against it. And then Moses called Aaron's cousins to take the bodies out of the tabernacle. And then Moses gave Aaron and his remaining two sons, Eleazar and Ithamar, some instruction. Let me read those to you now. This is beginning in verse six. Do not uncover your heads or tear your clothes lest you die and wrath will come upon all the people. But let the brothers, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of meeting lest you die for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. And so the first thing he tells them is, I know normally you would show your mourning for your sons. There would be a time that you would tear your clothes and let your hair grow long and show your mourning for these sons. But this is not the time. I just tasked you with a job and this is a very important job and I need you to focus on that job right now. I need you to focus on me and the seriousness of this job because your sons did not and that's why they died. If they would have recognized the importance and the seriousness of this job, then they would still be alive. And so I need you now to focus on that and not on their death. You still have the anointing oil on you, which means it is still time for you to be performing the duties of the priests. And I need you to stay in the camp and I need you to do your job. Focus on me right now. Your sons didn't, and they suffered for it. And so I need you to do what I've asked for you to do. Now, immediately after he says this, God gives another command. And this is beginning in verse 8. He says, Then the Lord spoke to Aaron and said, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink, you nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations." So because God gives this directive of not drinking strong drink immediately after Nadab and Abihu did something against the Lord, many scholars believe that that was their offense, that they were drinking on the job, and that's why God killed them. Now, I do not believe that God would have killed them for something he had not already explicitly told them not to do. So I don't think that they died because they were drinking. But they could have been drinking and their judgment may have been impaired because of that. And they may have had a careless attitude about their job because they were drinking and done something against the Lord or not paid careful attention to his rules. And that may have been why God told them Hey, I don't want you to drink on the job. It impairs your judgment. It makes you not think clearly. It makes you not care about all of the things that I've asked for you to do. And you don't pay careful enough attention to the details of your job. And so I do not need you to drink. Basically, God is just reminding them how important their job is. Your mind needs to be clear. You need to pay attention. There's a lot of rules and a lot of things that I've asked of you, and I need you to be aware and do what you're told. Now, let me read to you what it also says in verse 10, that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between clean and unclean, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. So he says, I need your mind clear. And I need you to be serious about this because it is your job to distinguish between holy and unholy, good and bad, right and wrong, and to teach those things to Israel that I've taught to you. So basically what he's saying is you have a big job. You have to perform these sacrifices. You have to do daily duties. And you have to know all of the laws that I've given to you and follow those things so that you can teach them to the children of Israel. That's your job. Not only that, you need to show them who I am and how to treat me. And in order to do that, your mind needs to be clear. This is a big job. And we'll go over all of the laws at a later date, but it is a lot for them to know. And so they do need to be aware. They also need discernment because they have to know right from wrong, good and bad in order to teach that to the people. Now, after this, Moses talks to them in verses 12 to 15 about the offerings a little bit again. And he just reminds them that they are holy and they need to be eaten in a holy place. Part of their job was to offer these sacrifices for the people. And as payment for that job, they received a portion of the meat. As food for them and for their families, this passage tells us that it is to be eaten in a clean place with their sons and daughters. Because this job was so large, because this was such an important job, because it required so much of their focus and attention, they were not to have other jobs outside of their job as the priests. And so they had no other way of making money. And so their payment for the job that they are doing was given to them in the form of these animals, so that they could feed their families. And after Moses tells them about these offerings, all of a sudden he realizes, I don't know what happened to the sin offering. And because Nadab and Abihu had just disobeyed the Lord, he gets very concerned that Aaron and his remaining sons may have also disobeyed the Lord. And so I want to read to you, beginning in verse 16, all the way to the end of the chapter. And it says... Then Moses made careful inquiry about the goat of the sin offering, and there it was, burned up. And he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, who were left. And he said, Why have you not eaten the sin offering in a holy place, since it is most holy, and God has given it to you to bear the guilt of the congregation, to make atonement for them before the Lord? See, its blood was not brought inside the holy place, and so you should have eaten it in a holy place, as I commanded. And Aaron said to Moses, look, this day they have offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen on me. If I had eaten the sin offering today, would it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord? And when Moses heard this, he was content with Aaron's answer. And so he said, hey, Nadab and Abihu didn't obey God's instructions. And now you also did not obey God's instructions because you were supposed to eat the sin offering and instead you burned it all up to God. Now, when we went over the burnt offerings and the sin offerings before, we talked about how the burnt offering is completely burned to God. It's given fully to the Lord. No one gets to eat that meat. But the sin offering is for the priest to eat. And Moses is saying, you burned that up too. You gave that completely to the Lord and God told you not to do that. The only time that you would give that offering fully to the Lord is if the sin was on you then you wouldn't be able to benefit from it. You would have to sacrifice that sin fully to God because it was your sin. Or if the sin was on the whole congregation because that also made the priests guilty. And they would not be allowed to benefit from their own sin by eating the offering of it. And they would need to give that completely up to the Lord. But Moses said, that isn't what happened here. This was a sin offering of the people. And you didn't eat it. Instead, you burned it all up to God. What are you thinking? You're disobeying the Lord just as your sons did. And Aaron said, hey, here's the deal. I didn't think it would be right of me to eat this offering when my sons had sinned. No, this wasn't given for their sin. But on the day that this was given, my sons sinned. And I did not want to take that sin into myself by eating that offering. And so I gave it completely up to the Lord. I didn't think it was right for me to eat this meat on the day that my sons were guilty of some sin. And when Moses heard this, he was content with that answer because he thought that Aaron and his other two sons were also just being careless about God's laws and being disobedient to him, not paying attention and doing what God told him to do. And he said, no, actually, I was giving respect to the Lord. I had fear for God and I wanted to please him. That's why I did this. And, you know, maybe that was wrong. Maybe God would have rathered that they did eat this offering. We're not told whether it was right or wrong that they didn't eat it. It just says that Moses was content with their answer. So Moses was content with the reason that they did it. We may not always do what's right, but we can always try to do what's right. And that's what Aaron was doing here. He wasn't being indifferent to God's laws. He was actually paying careful attention to them. And so even though he didn't, follow them exactly the intention of the law he was following. He was trying to make sure that he was respecting the Lord and his laws and his ways. And so there's a difference between not following God's rules because you're being careless. You're being lazy. You don't think about what God wants. You don't care about what he wants. You are just doing what you want to do in the way that you want to do it disregarding what he says, or if you failed to do what God wants you to do, but you were trying, you were aware, you knew his rules, and you were trying to do what you thought God wanted. And it just happened not to be the thing that God wanted. There's a difference between that. And so whether that was Aaron or not, Moses says, hey, you weren't doing what your sons were doing. You were fearing the Lord. You were trying to please him. And so, okay, we're going to just leave this alone. And so, I want to read you several verses that tell what we can learn from the priests about our own walk with the Lord. The first verse is found in first chronicles twenty eight nine and this is David talking to his son Solomon, and he says, "As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your Father, serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. for the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him." he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. So this is David telling Solomon exactly what God was telling the priest at that time. Serve me with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. God knows your intentions. And so seek him, seek to do what he wants of you. Like the priests, we're servants of God too. And so we are tasked with knowing his laws and following them. Once we know them, then we can teach them to others. And that is our job. It was the job of the priests. But now we all are responsible for knowing his laws and keeping his commands. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy 31, 12. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words in this law. And that their children who haven't known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you cross the Jordan to possess. And so he's saying you need to gather all the people together and you need to read these laws to them so that they will know them and they will be able to follow them and they will be able to teach them to their children. So it's our job to know God's word, to follow it, to teach others, and to show God the proper respect and honor so that we can also teach others how to honor a holy God. Listen to what it says in Psalm 22, 22 to 23. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him. And fear him, all you offspring of Israel. So we are supposed to declare God's name to others and praise him in front of them so that they can see how to treat God with honor and respect. If we fear him and glorify him, then we are setting the right example for others. Being God's servants, we have a job to do too. We are supposed to serve him and that is important. We need to take it very, very seriously. Listen to what it says in Joshua 22, 5. Take careful heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him and serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So he's telling them, hey, you have an important job. You need to be careful to do it. Pay very close attention to God's commands and be a good servant. Love him. Walk in his ways. Keep all of his laws. Hold on to him. Serve him with all your heart and all your soul. That is what we all need to do. We have to take this job of being God's servant seriously. And we, like the priests, we need to be discerning. We need to know the difference between good and bad. We need to be diligent. We need to be sober-minded. Our minds need to be clear and thoughtful. We need to pay attention to what God wants for us to do. There's no room for carelessness or rebellion or indifference whenever it comes to a holy God or when it comes to the souls of his people. So I want to read you several verses that have to do with discernment and diligence and sober-mindedness and thoughtfulness and all of that. So the first one is found in First Peter one thirteen to 16. And it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. So God says, because I'm holy, I need your conduct to be holy. I need you As my servants to treat me as holy and be holy yourselves as an example to others for me. And then this first part about being sober and girding up the loins of your mind. Back then, they wore robes. And when they would go out to battle, they couldn't run in that. And so they would pull the robe up between their legs and wrap it around their waist to hold it up so that they would be able to run and fight and all of that. And so that's what a soldier would do when he was getting serious, when he was about to get serious about this fight. And so God is saying in this verse, gird up your mind, get serious. Let your mind be serious about this. He's constantly telling us how important our job as his servants really is. Now listen to what it says in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking to whom he may devour. This is telling us, in your walk with God, you need to pay attention. This is a serious thing, because Satan is walking around looking to see who is weak. He's looking for prey. He wants to see who he can tempt who he can pull away from the Lord. And if you're not paying attention and you're not being serious about this, you will be attacked by the enemy and you won't be able to stand. So you need to pay attention. Again, this job of being his servants is serious. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy two fifteen: Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Basically, if we want God to be pleased with us and we don't want to be ashamed of our actions, then we need to be diligent to do what we think God would want for us to do. Now, let's see what it says in 1 Corinthians two thirteen to 16. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And so just as he told the priests that they need to know his laws and discern between right from wrong, we also have to do that. And in order for us to do that, We have to know the spiritual things. The Holy Spirit lives within us now. It's not in the tabernacle. God is not speaking to Aaron from the tabernacle anymore. He's speaking to us through his spirit that lives within us. And so if we want to know right from wrong according to the ways of God, then we have to listen to what the Spirit is telling us. The spiritual things are foolish to the world, but we are not of the world. We can understand the things of God because his spirit lives within us. And so we need to be diligent to read his word and pray and ask God what it is he's trying to tell us so that we can be discerning and know the Lord and know his ways and teach them to other people. Now, the last verse is in Proverbs 19, 16. And this is, again, just talking about how serious this job is of being God's servant. It says, he who keeps the command keeps his soul, that he who is careless of his ways will die. That's what happened in Nadab and Abihu, right? They were careless in the ways that they conducted themselves as God's priests, and God killed them for it. He says, instead, keep my commands, and then you will keep your soul. It's that important. We need to know God's laws, and we need to keep them. Do not be careless. Do not be indifferent to his ways. The last thing that I do want to point out is how he said that those that are closest to him are required to treat him as holy. And they're also required to lead the other people. And this just reiterates to us that if we are close to God, then he expects more from us. He expects us to know his ways and his commands and do them. And also, if we are leading others, then we had better be leading them in the proper way. We need to be teaching them how to treat the Lord and what His Word says. All of our interactions with God in front of others need to be done out of respect and love for Him. And you know, you may not be a leader in your church. You may not even be a leader in your community. But most likely, we are leading someone. Especially if we're parents, we're leaders to our children. And it is our responsibility to know God's word and follow it so that when our children watch us, they will know what God wants. And then also to teach them. And we can't teach them if we don't know what God's word says. We're not supposed to be teaching them according to the world standards. We're supposed to be teaching them according to God's word. And we can't do that if we don't know God's word ourselves. So we need to be diligent to learn and to teach others. The Bible says we are his priesthood now. And so these rules that were given to the priests here in the Old Testament, they apply to us. We need to be serving the Lord in a way that's pleasing to him, following his commands exactly and treating him as holy and then teaching others to do the same. So that's all we're going to talk about today if you would, leave me a five-star review. That helps me out. And you can also leave comments wherever you're listening, or you can email me. My email address is Courtney at LiveThroughJesus.com. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks and have a good day.